educational institutions of our society. It's run by the same people who run those. It's frequented by the same people who occupy management positions in those. It's not the mafia. It's, it's an adjunct of clean business. It's serving the most respectable people we have in our society, the people who are the elite. Tom, can you first give a case history? Uh, just a, kind of a typical case history, and then we'll talk in greater detail about what happens. All right, I, I can tell you the biography of a little kid from a hollow in West Virginia whose mom and dad went to Houston to find work. They thought that Houston was the capital of opportunity in America. The dad went out there to get a job, a low-level job with an oil company, brought the mother, then said, sent for little Jimmy and his little brother. Jimmy and his brother got to Houston on a Greyhound bus, and his dad and mom failed to pick him up. How old were they? Jimmy at that time was 12, and his little brother was six. They spent the night in the terminal, uh, Jimmy fending off the advances of a number of men. And then the dad came to pick him up the next morning. The parents had both gotten drunk and forgotten to pick up the kids. The boys went to live with their parents. The parents both had severe drinking problems. The dad lost his job. The mother got killed in a car wreck. The little boy was severely injured. Jimmy dropped out of school to try to hustle, was his word, money to help keep the family, what was left of it, together. The dad died uh, choking in his own vomit after a drinking bout, and Jimmy was the sole support of himself and his little brother. The rent was coming round, and Jimmy had no money, and then a neighbor kid said to him, you can get $10 just for watching me play with a man. And Jimmy said, that's queer. And his friend said, it's not queer if the guy does it to you. If you just let it happen and all you have to do is watch. Jimmy did it. Then the man offered Jimmy $25 uh, to let the man play with Jimmy. And Jimmy took it, so he had $35. And then he got introduced into the routine. Jimmy was little, only 12, and he was small for his age. And the circuit he went on in Houston was not the main one, which is Montrose. He went to a place nearby, an arcade called Funland. The way that worked was the boys would stand by the machines, and a man would come by. If the man offered quarters, the boy would take them, and then the man and the boy would go off. Jimmy became a professional prostitute at the age of 12. He survived in that capacity until he was 14. Was he working on his own or was he part of an organization? He was not part of an organization. He was what they call the Farm League. And he was taking care of his little brother. His brother got killed in a car wreck when he was driving with some people. And Jimmy then was a desolate 
and almost destitute. Uh, he used the last money he had to bury his brother. He did not want to let his last surviving relative, his grandpa in West Virginia, know the way things had gone. Uh, a reporter in Houston last saw Jimmy across the street from Funland. And a man who used to pay boys for sex then told this reporter, I know that boy. He told a man who's a friend of mine that one time he was having sex with that little boy and then he realized that the boy was crying and he looked up and saw that the boy was sucking his own thumb and at that point he had to break off the encounter. The journalist believes that this reformed man who used to use boys was his own best friend, the boy who had been having sex with Jimmy. Jimmy disappeared. His body was later found mutilated and his grandfather was notified. The police then told the grandpa in a very cruel way that the grandpa shouldn't try to get a loan from the city of Houston. It would have cost $500 to ship the body to, ship the body to West Virginia because the boy was nothing but a harbor whore or worse. Um, and the grandpa died shortly thereafter. Uh, the whole family is dead now. Jimmy was a typical kid. He wasn't looking for this life. He found it. He needed some means of support. He took what he could get, and he came to grief and met his death. Uh, Houston is possibly the worst city in the United States for the misuse of lost and runaway boys or homeless, defenseless boys. Probably 350 or more boys are killed every year in Houston. About Houston? I would say I hear about Houston that it is the worst. Uh, that children are brought to Houston from places such as New Orleans or from other parts of uh, the Southwest. Their life is sad. It's 100% it's sad. They get up, you know, one or two or three during the day, and they go out and they have to earn money, and they're treated bad. Uh, they eat only when they're fed by somebody else, and they never get anything for anything. They always have to return sexual favors for it. They sometimes get beaten. They get robbed. They get pushed. You know, the police abuse them. Everybody abuses them. One young man got out of the car. By young man, I mean the age of probably 15, maybe 16. He got out of the car, and he was just badly beaten. I mean, there's no two ways about it. He looked right at him, and his face was black and blue, and blood coming out of his nose, and his lip was fat, and he couldn't walk very well, and he was sick to his stomach in the bushes, and he was just very badly beaten. Evidently, he had got either a bad trip or the man was on S&M or something and just kind of like shoved him out of the car as he went around the corner, opened the door for him and said, get out. Any of them ever want to hurt you? That's why I watch out for them. You watch out for them? Yeah. How do you tell? No, they start to jump now. What, jump on you? Yeah, if they do. No, I'd, get, I'd be ready. I'd be watching every time. What do you be doing then? Well, if they start to jump on you, what can you do? I always carry a pocket knife or something like that. I don't know if they hurt me or not. You know, I just watch out for them. Just in case start. Nine, nine out of ten of them are weird. I mean, they get, you know, there was one guy that picked me up in Atlanta. And he just said, to, you know, he wanted somebody to go out and have a few beers when he was smoking a joint. 
And we got over there and I was drinking this beer and all of a sudden, you know, doing like that, you know, I couldn't even see straight. My eyes were rolling back. And then the room started spinning and I was out of it. When I came around, he had me tied up in the basement, no less, way up like this, you know. And I couldn't even move. Did he tie it up? Yeah, stretched. What was he doing to you? Nothing. He was just sitting there with this whip looking like he's going to hit me with it. He just threatened me a lot. And I was sitting there crying, scared to death. You know, because the worst they could do is kill me. You know? That interview was conducted several months ago in Houston, Texas. Investigators now fear that the 15-year-old is dead. The body of a young man found ritualistically dismembered in Missouri is thought to be his. I woke up and he had he was clamping handcuffs on me. I was laying on my stomach. The other two were on their stomach and they were handcuffed and their feet were tied. The most shocking and horrifying result of older men having sex with young boys is the story of Dean Coral in Houston, Texas, and more recently John Gacy in Chicago. In Houston, Coral lured or had brought to his home at least 27 young boys, all under the age of 17. The boys were sexually assaulted, then killed. In Houston, I, I give the figure based on, I think, prudent calculations that upwards of 350 boys a year are killed deliberately because of this. Many more die of drug overuse, mal malnutrition, of suicide. The national toll per year is in the thousands every year. Kids die violently because of this. In the first three months of this year, 1981, 30 boys were found dead in Houston. None of them was called a homicide. They were found to be dead of exposure, dead of causes undetermined, dead of massive internal bleeding, as in the case of one child under 10 who was found naked in a Dempsey dumpster with his colon and his rectum torn apart. He was called not a homicide, but a victim of massive internal injury. He was fist raped. Yes. He what, what is the sort of psychic roots or the nature of this uh, phenomenon? I've been studying this phenomenon since the spring of 1979, and to the best of my knowledge, most men who seek sex from boys are not homosexuals. To the extent that they have active sex lives uh, at the peer level, they are heterosexual. Many of them have no peer sex at all. There are gay people who are what we call pederists, that is, men who lust after children, especially boys. But it appears to be the case that most such men are not gay, that they're uh, attraction is for young, defenseless children, especially boys, because they're more exotic and more forbidden. But uh, it is not a matter of uh, gay rights as advocated by practically anybody. This is a, a much different sort of phenomenon. The reason that the gay community usually scorns any investigation of the subject is that they know that the average person in the public will blame homosexuals and homosexuality for the phenomenon regardless of what facts are presented.
Well, this is not just a sexual thing in the way we talk about it. It's a, a power trip, and it's also uh, a sadistic thing because these kids are tortured and killed. Who do you think those people were? Those were not just ordinary people there. If I told you their names, I'm not going to tell you their names, but if I did, I don't think you'd sleep so well. The kind of individuals involved are down the line, almost in every instance in the cases I've investigated, men who are very powerful, usually very wealthy, and usually administrate control over a large number of people. Wealthy Houstonians can and do obtain boys in a most discreet manner. It's gotten a little more sophisticated now. It's gotten more, uh, uh, it's gotten more expensive. Prices, higher prices are paid. Uh, and it's, it's gotten a little more sophisticated in terms of, um, oh, I think the types of people who are, who are into it, types of adults who are into it, professional people. Uh, Houston professional people? Yeah, yeah. Soliciting boys? Oh, sure. You know, you can be a millionaire in Houston, man. <laughs> yeah. You got people here that are so wealthy that they can't let anybody know what they're doing that they're willing to pay two, three, four hundred dollars a night. You know, for one of these boys not to say anything about them. You know, you got judges, doctors, lawyers, politicians, uh, advertising people involved in in buying young people. For either, if it's for an hour, for a night, or for a month, or for a year, they actually have white slavery in this country. It's a fact. And in, in Houston, right now, it's going on. Tom, is there any uh, evidence that there's any connection with organized crime? Obviously, with other forms of prostitution that we know about, there are close connections. The mafia has always utilized prostitution as one of the pillars of its organizations and sources of its income. Is there a connection here that has been revealed uh, with organized crime? Yes. When we're talking about 400 kids on the street between 2 and 4 in the morning in a city like Houston, there's very little organization. There may be a runner or a pimp who's trying to squeeze the boys a little, but there's no big businessman running a sophisticated operation. But when there is a bookstore with 40 stalls, uh, there's often a stable of boys. That's, that's fairly good-sized business. And there's bigger business than that. That's the call boy operations, like this one we described with the 10,000 customers. That's big business. It's crime. It's organized, but it's not the mafia. It's the pillars of our society. Uh, there is big business, organized crime. It's sophisticated. It's closely attached to the major financial, commercial, industrial, educational institutions of our society. It's run by the same people who run those. It's frequented by the same people who occupy management positions in those. It's not the mafia. It's... It's an adjunct of clean business. It's serving the most respectable people we have in our society, the people who are the elite. I assume you can't name names at this particular time, but... Not if people haven't been apprehended yet. Right, okay. Are senators involved? U U.S. senators? Well, and let, congressmen, let, me, do you suppose? let me give you some information here. Now, this is stuff that has come out of newspaper clippings. It has gotten far enough to get in the newspaper, even if it hasn't been followed up. This was potentially the biggest case of all. 
That's the one in New Orleans? Yes, the New Orleans Boy Scout troop was busted for actually being a callboy ring of boy prostitutes. The man who was the leader of the Boy Scout troop was given 75 years in prison, and then he offered to tell a story. The story he told was that the congressional delegations from two states, one of which was Louisiana and one of which bordered Louisiana, and, as he put it, the entire hierarchy of one of the states, as far as top political posts, were all involved as customers of the little boys. And he said he was willing to name all the names. Uh, that was a UPI story of 26 November 1979, and he never talked again. Is he, he said Is he in he's still in jail. He said there was one U.S. senator and many congressmen. Weren't there a couple uh, actually right-wing, uh, new right um, representatives, congressmen in Washington, Bauman. who were actually um, well found guilty of molesting <laughs> Doug? I wish you were right. Uh, Congressman Robert Bauman mm -hmm. was apprehended in February of 1980 mm -hmm. having sex with a 16-year-old boy. For some reason, no charges were brought until September 1980. At that point, the FBI and the U.S. Attorney made an agreement to keep all details of the account out of public records. The charges were dropped on Bauman's promise that he would take a drug or an alcoholic abuse treatment program. He continued in office and he ran for re-election. He was defeated, but he said he would go on to run again. William F. Buckley is one of his closest friends. They were co-founders of Young Americans for Freedom and the American Conservative Union. The way Buckley put it was this, it transpires that during alcoholic bouts he engages in homosexual acts. He went on to say there was a complaint filed by a 16-year-old boy. And then he went on to say Bauman should resign from Congress and resign from the positions in conservative organizations because he was an embarrassment. <laughs> Bauman never went to trial. He didn't actually go to a formal pretrial hearing either. Then there was a Texas Congressman Wyatt who was caught... Uh, well, actually, I, I take it back. He was not caught. A, a juvenile reported that Wyatt had forced sex on him. Charges were never filed. That's a quote. Charges were never filed, despite the fact that the boy had filed a complaint. And Wyatt said he was going to run again. Uh, when it was published in the Austin paper that uh, the complaint was not that he was drunk driving, but that he had forced sex on a juvenile male, he said he wouldn't run again. He was already in the alcohol rehabilitation program, so there was no trial, no pretrial hearing, no charges. Wasn't there another, another uh, ring of... Um Tour guides, boys as tour guides for congressmen? Well, that you may be referring to the case of Representative Hinson, a Republican from Mississippi, who was found having sex with uh, somebody in the men's room of the Longworth House office building. Uh, there are conflicting accounts. Uh, according to one account, he was having sex with a minor. According to another account, he was having sex with an adult. He uh, said he was innocent. And he agreed to undergo alcohol abuse treatment, and he was not charged. Well, there, there were some the charges were dropped. Well, what was the story about the 
about the young boys being tour guides for the Capitol, and this was also part of uh, a little boy sex ring, and uh, also uh, some of it resulted in campaign contributions. I read that in article. That has to do with the state of Texas, as a matter of oh, fact. Texas. And uh, here's the way we can tell that story. <laughs> this is one you can't tell. Well, this is one we can. It I got into I, the newspaper. Yeah, I saw it in the newspaper. But then it disappeared. Oh. What appeared in the newspaper was a boy's home run by a Texas state representative was being investigated for charge of abuse of the boys. The state representative said that there was no abuse. He claimed that his, his place could not be investigated by the state because it was a private like that of uh, Lester Roloff. Rev Reverend Roloff. The story died and didn't appear in the press anymore. Uh, the lead that uh, produced the initial story was that that representative took con campaign contributions and then the uh, contributors, uh, as a reward, got to have sex with the boys in the home. And that he did this for more than himself, but for other representatives. That man is out of the state legislature. So we've talked about legislators, congressmen, a senator, senators, um, people in the the highest ranks of uh, government at the local at the uh, state level now are these just aberrations or is this part of a widespread ongoing thing i think it's very widespread uh, and not just among powerful politicians we've talked about politicians but it seems to be the case that in all high-powered professions uh, Corporations, now we're talking about too. Corporations, uh, medicine, law, even the university, uh, not necessarily professions with uh, bloated salaries, but prestige, some power, influence, and above all, pressure. The men involved are susceptible to this kind of deviation. I'm working right now, you know, like just, you know, with the corporation. And. What's that? How's that work? Well, uh, when their executives or you know their business people are in town, uh, they're sent to our apartment, and we entertain them while they're here. Okay. What's that entertainment usually involved? What do they usually demand, or what do they want? Well, it's all kinds of sex and perversions. There's no two alike. I've decided that. Everyone's in for something different, so I can't really stereotype the whole. Yes. All the men want different things. Yeah. Right. But we're usually in the passive side, and they're usually the dominant player. among those men who wanted it but didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Men like poor Gacy in Chicago who killed at least 33 boys. He was not a well-to-do man, but he was a joiner. He paid high dues to join men's clubs. He paid $1,000 to join the president's club so he could have dinner with Jimmy Carter. 
Instead, he had dinner with Mrs. Carter and had his picture taken with her. He was uh, an upwards driver. He killed at least 33 boys. He offered in his defense that he could not identify any of the 33 boys by face or by name because he had had sex with 1,500 different boys in the previous five years, 300 different kids a year, and most of them, as he said, were prostitutes. He didn't snatch them off the street. He went out and bought their services, and then he coerced them, as this lawyer in Washington says no one ever does. He made them captives, and he killed them. What about women in the positions of power in government? And you don't find women involved in that? Well, you don't find many women involved in positions of power in the uh, American... Yeah, maybe that explains the what appears to be the fact. Women don't do this to little girls. Heterosexual women, homosexual women, don't do this to little girls. Or little boys. Or little boys. I mean, it happens, but it's not common, it's not ordinary, it's not a phenomenon. It isn't a threat. Uh, if you have a little girl and you have an adult female friend, you needn't have any apprehension. But if you have little kids who are boys, they are in more danger than the little girls today. Why, why do you think uh, there's so much violence uh, caught up in this? Investigations in other cities have shown that boys, 13, 14, even younger, are coerced into prostitution with threats of physical violence and are sometimes shipped across state lines, shipped to the older adult men who desire young boys for sexual acts. Occasionally, these boys' episodes with their older clients ends in physical violence. There are men who seek young boys to torture and sometimes to kill. Phenomenon is not unique to America. Uh, it may not even be unique to advanced industrial urban societies. In the other places where it occurs, though, it doesn't seem to be attended by a high level of mayhemic violence. And in the United States, it is. In Islamic countries, for instance, uh, prostitution with boys is a standard. I've been in Morocco and Algeria and observed this, and yet I've never heard any stories of violence being involved. In other words, it's an erotic phenomenon as opposed to this power or psychological um, well, there are those who would have us believe that that is the case in America. Uh, here, for instance, is an article written by a law professor in Washington, D.C., who was general counsel to the Metropolitan Police Department. This article was written in 1981. He says, if the boys are victims, it is largely in the technical sense. It is more accurate to characterize them as entrepreneurs who by and large understand their own motivations. They do it for money, for drugs, for pleasure, and perhaps for some as a crude gambit for emotional sustenance. But unlike teenage girl prostitutes, they do not act out of fear. There is no coerced recruitment, no whippings, no incarcerations in their rooms, and no sweet-talking pimps with Cadillacs. That's not what I have found. So you think that's study. false, that Washington police chief? I think it's false, and I think it's a deliberate falsehood. Mm. Well, let's talk about, we haven't talked about the proliferation in the United States of this. We've talked about a few individual cases. How widespread is it, and what are the numbers we're talking about? Well, we know this, for instance. This is a standard. Uh, a half a million kids run away or are thrown out of homes every year in the United States, and the majority of them are boys. 
Another thing that the President's Commission on Obscenity found, this is the commission that Richard Nixon repudiated, it mentioned in passing that child pornography was a phenomenon of the abuse of children and then went on to say that for every female prostitute of any age in the United States there are nine boys underage who are prostitutes. That is a finding which is debatable and is a speculation, but it went unnoticed. Uh, I think though that if, uh, if you get in a car and prowl the streets of the capitals of this practice, Houston, New Orleans, Atlanta, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, and to a much lesser extent, uh, Austin, our state capital, and Washington, the nation's capital, you'll find that boys are the ones hustling more than the women. Mark, uh, some of the research that you did in Austin here that started off your involvement in this issue indicated that there was a possible ring of homosexual boys in Austin. Could you tell some of the uh, facts on this case? Well, my interest in this whole issue originated when, as a reporter for the Daily Texan, we heard through the grapevine that a pharmacist here in town had been busted. And I don't remember the original charge. I'm not sure abuse if it was... Abuse of a boy in a home. I guess it was abuse of a... That's right. Abuse of a boy in a uh, halfway house. Well, the thing that interested us about the case was that the police had later found in his home a file, an index file, of anywhere from two to 500 names of young boys in the, around the Travis County area and counties uh, accompanying Travis County. And it had their names, phone numbers, parents' names, in many cases, sexual uh, statistics on the, on the uh, personnel, height, age, weight, and in some cases, preferences. And that sounded like an astounding thing to us, that there should be somebody traveling around. And what he did was we, he would hang out at high schools and, and offer the drugs that he had available, as he was a pharmacist, in exchange for sexual favors. Well, we followed that up, and, and uh, somewhere down the line of judicial uh, scrutiny, the entire, the evidence was lost, or disappeared, or was unable to be retracted. 